Hello, it's Adam. Today, I've got a very special bonus episode for you. Last weekend, I had the pleasure of going to see Makings of a Murderer from David Swindle. Now, David's a name that's very familiar to many of you. Over 30 years experience in the police, many of those in the CID. During that time in his work as a senior investigating officer, he managed some really high-profile and challenging investigations, including the Glasgow airport terrorist investigation and the murder of Polish student Angelica Kluck in Glasgow. He also formed Operation Anagram to investigate serial killer Peter Tobin's involvement in other crimes. David very kindly spared half an hour or so with me after his show, and that's what I'm going to play for you now. Just one thing to say, this was a live face-to-face interview, so the audio maybe isn't quite as good as normal, but I hope that won't detract from your enjoyment and that you find David as interesting as I did. Okay, I'll speak to you afterwards. Hello, it's Adam here. I'm delighted to say I'm sitting in the dressing room with David Swindle, having watched his amazing live show, Makings of a Murderer. Look, if you haven't seen it yet, it's on all around the country. Please go and see it. David, thank you so much for talking to me today. Thank you so much for coming along. And put Lockery, what a venue this was here. And we're touring the country, as you rightly say, throughout the UK, some really big venues. This is a smaller venue, but it was brilliant. And this was the start of the Scottish one. It's the first one in Scotland. So it, it is. The Makings of a Murderer, there's a lot in it. And I would say to people, come along and see it. Because there's too much in it and it's so fast moving, you have to come and see it. Well, it's a fantastic show. You were in the police. So how long as a police officer were you? I was in the police for 34 years. Wow. You know, some people retire when they're 30 and I retired when I was 34 years, but I don't like that word retired. <laughs> I left the police yeah. in 2011. I was a senior police officer. I could stay on a bit longer and I loved the job. And after I left the police, I set up David Swindle Crime Solutions to do independent reviews because what I did with Tobin and what I did with other cases was about victims. And I always believe that families and victims don't get the support they deserve. They deserve better. And it's up to it's up to the police, it's up to everyone to do as much as they can for families and victims. And my strap line on my website is a search for the truth. And I generated that during Operation Anagram. And I'm still continuing it. You mentioned Operation Anagram there. So most people that know of your um, career in the police service would associate you with Operation Underground that helped catch Tobin, didn't it, and find his victims? Yeah, it was. I mean, that was, uh, you know, I'm proud of what I did uh, creating Operation Anagram uh, and looking at, you know, Tobin's life. Mm. And, you know, I'm very proud of the fact that I created that and that we got some sort of closure for the families of Vicky Hamilton and Dynamite Nickel. But I'm sad that we never found any more. And there's been so much speculation about what he might have done. The bottom line is we don't know. He's taken secrets to the grave. But as a, I was an SIO and I worked in lots of investigations. Lots of investigations. And there's a lot of cases, that some of them were spoken about there, uh, cases that uh, murders um, where, you know, they might not have been that profile. But, you know, progression. There's one I speak about on that, and it's the baby face killer. The baby face killer. Lewis Danes, the young boy that groomed Brett Begner. And that was someone that was cunning and conniving and controlling. And that's what I say. And at the end of the day, you know, 
one of the things I say is, a life, no matter what, lives have been lost to these horrible individuals. And we should do everything to try and find out the truth. And then the police, I was involved, not just then, I was involved in um, the Glasgow Airport terrorist attack. Wait. Yes, and I think that's probably on my website. And I can remember that fast moving, fast moving, everything. It's things you could never imagine happening. Yeah. And uh, sensitive investigation that, um, and it, it started in London, you know, at Tiger Tiger. Then it moved on to Glasgow and, and they, drew, they drove that truck into the airport. And it was the day of the first day of the school holidays. And if it hadn't been for the stanchion that stopped that, there'd have been. Hundreds, possibly thousands of people killed. So the stanchion in the airport? In the airport. There was a, a stanchion at where it was. And you can see at the trial it was showed, you know, the, the terror on the other side when the glass smashed. But that vehicle didn't go into the airport because it stopped there. And then they came out and they were throwing stuff into it, lighted bottles. So the, the airport terrorist attack, uh, you know, it's absolutely horrendous what happened there but it could have been a lot worse. And these are cases that, as a senior investigating officer, you know, the challenge, the skills. And what I like doing is what I'm doing just now is using my skills to help families. And speaking, doing the tour, the makings of a murderer tour, going around the UK, because you saw the people that were in that audience there yeah. and you saw the line up there to speak to me after it. Yeah. They're fascinated by it, and rightly so. But everyone I spoke to there agrees that we should never forget about the victims. And are we getting better at concentrating on victims, do you think, David? I know it's always been your focus. Yes. Across the board. Are we getting better? Yes, we are. We're becoming, the public are becoming more aware because it's not just the police. There's there's, there's other organisations, social services, but there's always something goes wrong. And you hear that word, lessons learned. Lessons learned, what do you do about it? And at the end of the day, you know, um, the, I mentioned victims abroad. And families that lose loved ones as a result of homicide or suspicious death. The statement from the Foreign Office, the British government, is the UK government does not influence or try to influence investigations in another country. So what I see is, there's one particular case, this is Kirsty Maxwell, yeah. who died in Benidorm in very unusual, unresolved circumstances. We don't actually know what happened there. And there's been all sorts of issues in that case where they destroyed Kirsty's clothing and potential DNA evidence. We don't actually know what happened there. And it's a flawed investigation. I've openly said that. And what I would say to the government is, what do you do? If the death of a British citizen in our country is seriously flawed, yeah. there's no answer. So where are we now with the Kirsty Maxwell investigation? The Kirsty Maxwell investigation, uh, um, there's no pro nothing happening with that. The, 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 there's been lots of activity by her family, lots of pushing stuff out there, questioning, you know, can we do this, can we follow that? And I, I've got I've got Spanish speakers on my team, people that are based in Spain, and you actually I think you actually met uh, one of them at the last crime con, yeah, Debbie, and, and Debbie will be at that again this year, and probably Eva Maria Navarra, Parcheza, another Spanish, will be at the crime con uh, in London, and they, they they they're the people that can speak the language, can understand the culture, because it's a different culture and different system. There's no progress with that. 
And Craig Marlin, which is a, a young guy that was killed in Lorette de Mar, it is a homicide, a single punch murder. And that's a mess. And there's stuff ongoing with that that we're trying to push. But one thing I would say is that Kirsty's family have set up a charity, the Kirsty Maxwell. And, and, and I think you met them. I think you met I them did. in Glasgow. I'll, yeah. I'll put a link to that charity at the bottom of this podcast. That would be great because um, there's some work that we're doing with the charity and there'll be more stuff going on the website soon. Um, and I think that would be quite good to push that um, because our family are trying to, you know, they're hoping that some good can come from Kirsty's death yeah. and they're helping families. And, and they, they are, they're very dedicated to it and they do help families get contacted by families that actually their link is on the the link of the charity is on the FCO the Foreign Commonwealth Development Office website so people contact them I know yes yes I know. will will they get answers will they get we've spoken a lot today in your show about closure haven't we and what that really means for people do you think that, that case will get solved at the end I don't think that case will get resolved because the the, the that there's intransience by the Spanish authorities not right. to progress lines of inquiry. Yeah. There's information out there. There's information there. There's an unidentified woman, and it's on. If people easier, if people go onto the Kirsty Maxwell website, www.kirstymaxwell.com, there's stuff there on the Twitter account too. Um, there's stuff on there about an unidentified woman uh, that was there. There's people that were in a hotel presidente opposite that saw Kirsty's body. They've never been traced. The hotel won't give out details of it. They won't contact the people who asked them to contact uh, the family. Um, so they're up against it. There's the, the, the thing is, if, the, if Kirsty's family had been satisfied that everything had been done, yeah. they're okay. Yeah. And they say, well, we can't do anything else. But they're not, because everything hasn't been done. And that's the issue here. And, and for me, using my skills to help families, you know, that... That's I'm, you know that's that's what I'm in the business of doing, trying to help people, trying to get answers. And and you heard me speaking there, you know about you know it's like the phrase I use and and I think I mentioned it there is the passage of time should not be detrimental to the detection of crime. I've said that a lot in the public, and that's what it's about. You know, it shouldn't matter how long it takes. And you know, there's there's a it's about victims. And we should never forget it. And there's been a lot of uh, issues about uh, TV programmes where it goes too far. Yeah. And podcasts, I yeah. hate to say. Uh, we've had people do podcasts in Kirsty Maxwell's case and they don't know about it. Now, I have a podcast myself, Adam, uh, called Swindle Search for Truth. And it's not it's not like yours. Yours is a real podcast. <laughs> Ours is a voice for victims. Yes. And that is giving the families. And on that podcast, go on to them, put that like to or uh, say to them on it. I know it's advertising for another podcast, but it's different. And on that, we've got Kirsty's family speaking on a couple of occasions, speaking about the case. We've also done one, the last episode was all in Spanish. Everything was in Spanish. A full Eva Maria Navarra Purchaser, my colleague, and the lawyer, Spanish lawyer, did a full podcast in Spanish. Because if you put any English words in, Spanish people wouldn't listen. Got a lot of downloads on that. So that's to try and reach, because the Spanish people get information about the case. And we also did a podcast from Lorette de Marlon Craig's case. So they're doing things like that on it. And um, my colleague Debbie that works at UMET, 
She's working on some other things with a forensic artist called Hugh Morrison. Okay. Hugh Morrison, he's a Scottish guy, but I think he lives abroad, to yeah. do with facial reconstruction. And she's got a victim that's a body, a, a body that reconstructed his face. There's quite a lot of updates are on. She's Victim Spain uh, on the Twitter. But all that stuff's going to be the Victims Abroad website. Um, and what can me and what can my listeners do to help, David? Okay. The sharing. Sharing social media. People say, you know, someone asked that question at CrimeCon in Glasgow. We had a presentation with Kirsty's family. Craig's Craig's uh, dad was in the audience and he spoke. It was Kirsty's family, there was me, there was um, Debbie. And someone asked the same question, what can we do to help? Share it in social media. Push it on. And, so, and we put out stuff in Spanish. And people say, it's not in Spanish. If there's a tweet to do with Kirsty's case or Craig's case in Spanish, share it. Because they don't speak the language, other people speak it. So just click share. Click like. And that's, social media is important to reach people. How do you manage things abroad? And the answer, the, the bottom line is that the families, um, they've got nobody to help them. They don't get any help. They don't get money for translation. They don't get money for lawyers. They don't get anything from the government. They get nothing. And they come to us and we provide a service for them that can help them overcome that. But the thing is, we understand the system. What about the families that don't have someone yeah. like us around them? Yeah. Who helps that? So it's it's something that I find, you know, and, and you know, although I'm, I'm busy with the tour, I'm hoping, you know, We've got a team round about us with the victims abroad. I'm going to be building more on victims abroad. I've got some plans for that. It's great to hear. Let me ask you a couple more general questions. I know people are really interested in some of your sort of backgrounds. The the thing that struck me during the presentation here, one of the things was, you know some really horrible people, right? Um, Were you ever personally scared? That's interesting because a few people asked me that out there. Ah. No, no. Uh, I pride myself in the fact that as a police officer, I stuck by the rules yeah. when I looked at it. But the, the police, you, you, when you're dealing with a person that's charged with a crime, you're in control of it. And even dealing with someone like that. But no, I never put myself in a situation in the police where I would be, you know, going to be frightened with any. I have had some situations, you know, where people recognise you. But most people recognise you as the person that caught the, the bad people at Tobin and things like that. Most of the most of the criminals you see in the street say, there's a theory, there's a Tobin guy. Let me ask you two more questions. I know you've had a busy day That's today. Right. So the first one is a lot of my listeners love Crime Watch, okay? But they want mm. the old Crime Watch, the real Crime Watch. Oh. So you appeared on Crime Watch a number of times. Just give us an insight into yeah. that experience. Can I say, we launched the makings of a murderer last week in the Lowry Theatre in Media City, right across from the BBC Studios. And when I showed the clip of the crime watch with young Rav and then the young David Swindle on it, I said, bring back crime watch. We're in Media City. We're across the road. Bring back BBC crime watch. The road show is good what they do during the day, but the success rate of BBC crime watch was absolutely phenomenal. And that's how we populated Tobin's timeline. I was on that five times. What was it like on a live programme? Were, oh. you, were you nervous? Or did you get much training? Yeah, no, you, don't. You, you deal with it at that time. Yeah. And um, 
you know, apart from the fact, you know, I've got a shiny head like yourself, <laughs> and they always put lots of makeup on my head. Yeah. Um, it's life. It's pure life. Yeah. And it is. It's a, it's a real frightening experience. But that was then they got results. And then it was, you know, when I dealt with 2007, and a few years later it was finished. Yeah. And I think everyone in the true crime world, everyone in the police, would say, get me crime watch back. Come on, BBC. Why are we not doing it? Why not? <clears throat> Do you know why not? I don't know. Some commercial reason, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I got to know some of the people on the Crime Watch team, the management and things like that. I, I don't know. And they've got this Crime Watch, the, the roadshow. And I still keep in touch with Rav. Mm. Rav Welding. I still keep in touch with Rav Welding. And, you know, Rav's a great guy. And what he does for it. Was it? Does he still work out? Oh, he likes it, yeah. <laughs> Just like you and I. He's a fitness freak, Rav, yeah. Um, Rav, um, he does a great job. And, you know, there are some frustrations. We need something like that. Yeah. Why are we not doing it? It didn't breach anyone's rights. And see now, with the technology we have, CCTV, with other stuff, Crime Watch is a thing. What we don't need is we don't need armchair sleuths commenting on live investigations. Crime Watch, get it out there. Help the police push it in. That, that, I actually said that at the Lowry. BBC, you're across the road, we're in Salford, Media City, bring back Crime Watch, never did. Cheered. 1,350 people there. So maybe that's something your podcast yeah. bring back crime watch. Yeah, we'll get a we'll get some sort of a, some sort of movement for it. But let me ask one last question. Another channel might come in with something else. <laughs> you were very straight, I thought. You were very down the line. People asked you obvious questions about current ongoing live investigations, and your position on that was absolutely crystal clear, wasn't it? Well, this is something since I left the police, my policy has always been. I do not comment on. I do not comment on live, ongoing UK investigations. Yeah, it's not for me. I'm not a police officer anymore. Mm. Um, and what I do with the Spanish cases, I do reviews, and I review it for the families, and I present that to the police and the and the courts, and we put it in Spanish police reports, Spanish or French if it's in France. But my position is quite clear. Uh, without getting into any yeah. investigations. Yeah. Uh, I've always said that I get the phone call you know folks saying can you speak about this I'm sorry I don't comment on ongoing live investigations and I think that's a fair policy because the last thing a senior investigating officer needs is someone like me who is an old school detective or an expert, I class myself as an expert but it's not for me or anyone to make comments about an ongoing live because the police are the police the police have got the best resources National Crime Agency they can pull in anything there and we also have to think about the families and victims and the family liaison officers that have to deal with these people so for me I made that at the very start when I um, left the police and set up as a crime consultant independent reviewer I made that clear that I don't. And I get lots of people contacting me. Can you speak about this? Sorry, no, I don't speak about live ongoing investigations. So it's back to the victims again. Back to where we started, isn't it? Repair for the victims. Yeah, yeah. Victims, search for the truth. Try and find out, you know, try, you know, watch that you're not going to upset a family by giving them false hopes. And that's the problem. And that's where I come in with this stuff, yeah. Um, this tour that you're doing, it's using loads of dates. It's quite wearing. 
How long was it last? Was it? Is it about another six or seven months? Or oh no, it's, it's a year. There's some dates in 2024 20, as well. Yeah, some dates in 2024. Uh, there's a lot this year. Yeah. Uh, some some really big venues yeah. um, where things happened in next week, uh, a week on Thursday, and then Liverpool on the Saturday. It's a big right. venue. Yeah. Uh, we're at the Delphi Theatre in London in in, um, in April. Uh, the Royal Concert Hall in Glasgow, which looks as if it's sold out. Got loads of places. They were at uh, in March in the P and in Aberdeen. There's a lot. It's a big, big one. So um, I'm honoured that so many people are coming to it. But it also shows there's a huge interest in this type of thing, and rightly so. As I say, we should never forget about the victims, but we should never forget about the horrible killers and what they did to the victims. But don't over glamorise it as some of these things happen. Um, but it's a big tour, yeah. It's a big tour, and you know this has been a this weekend because this one that you're at is this afternoon. It's the only afternoon show, uh, but I think it had the effect in there with the darkened room and everything. Uh, and it's a great venue, and, and I would I would say that the Pitlochry Festival Theatre is is a fantastic venue, and it, this is the start of it here. This is the first one. How long did you get here before the performance starts? I came today because you're not sure about the venues. You don't know. We've got a sound guy that he he's. There's a company called the Entertainers that are behind me mm. with it, and they they've got that. They're huge. They, they, you saw what's there, yeah. the stage and everything round about it, and yeah. the sound and everything. So I come a couple of hours before it. Yeah, um, to 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 do sound checks. To you know, I, I travelled quite a distance today. I mean, I mean, last night I was in Darlington. And I stopped overnight in a hotel halfway up. So I travelled quite a distance, so I needed to change. So you're in the dressing room here today, changed. So I had to change because I couldn't travel, travel back to this because I'm going home now. Right. Um, but uh, it's, it's quite a... There's, there's a lot involved in it. There's a fair bit involved in it. But, but for me, I enjoy it. And I enjoy speaking about experience and speaking about the, the cases and you heard what I was speaking about there in the cases and, and you saw the fascination yeah. for it. And, it. and I could see in there, some of the bigger places can't see the people away at the top and the darkened areas. I could see the people's expressions there. Yeah. And then you saw after the other people getting a picture taken there. Yeah. And, and the, the thing is, you've got what I say is, I like to be able to do that. If we can do that in the venues, it's difficult with some of the big ones. But I like to be able to interact and speak to the people. And people send me emails or send, you know, we've got Catherine that does stuff on social media and we go on and we'll answer stuff. Um, and there's people genuinely interested. People, have, there's victims in some of these things. Yeah. got a victim that spoke to me at uh, one of the other ones uh, at Manchester um, and she came up to me and spoke and she'd been a victim of a really serious crime and she hadn't been at the house for weeks and she was there um, just to, to try and give her some reassurances about how things operate, and I don't know, some sort of closure she wants to face things. It's, it's not for me to decide, but that's where we've got to be careful. It's it's about it's about what's on that, but it's also about the wider issues, and people contact me. So and it's trying as entertainment as well. Yes, yeah, you've got to watch that. Yeah, you've got to watch that. And that's the thing, and and, and that's the thing where uh, there's a lot comes out of these, a lot comes out of this, a lot comes out of your thing as well. And your podcast, you reach a lot of people, I think, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I do well. As you would do. Something with my charisma, my personality, David, it's always going to be a big seller, isn't it? You could get mistaken for me if you put our pictures <laughs> together. That picture outside there that you put out there online, 
you might get mistaken for David Swindle. <laughs> Doctor Evil, perhaps. We could do it right at the same time. Well, David, look, thank you ever so much. Firstly, for the fantastic show. Yeah. And two, for sparing the time to chat with me. Yeah. Because I really appreciate it. Yeah. It's quite good to unwind after that and sit here and talk to you on it. And appreciate you putting this in the podcast and, and appreciate your interest in the Victims Abroad and the Kirsty Maxwell charity. Because a lot of people, they come and see it or they listen to it, they say, oh, we'll share that, but they don't do it. Yeah. And you need to. Because one thing I say, it can happen to anyone. Their loved one gets killed abroad. They go, oh, what do I do? Go get help. You saw me holding the passport up in yeah. there. Yeah. That's what happens. Yeah. So thanks very much. Ed. No, it's a pleasure. Thanks, right. David. Okay. Cheers. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed my chat there with David Swindle. He's an absolutely fascinating man. So many stories. He's been there and done it and seen so much. And what I really like about him, it's all about the victims. And I think particularly in what we're seeing at the moment in certain high-profile investigations, I think we all know what I'm talking about, we really do need to focus on the victims. Anyway, to see more of David, why don't you go and see his tour, his show, Makings of a Murderer, as he said in the interview. It's on at loads of venues over the next year. If you just search Makings of a Murderer, or go to David's website, davidswindle.com, and I'll put all the links in the show notes. If you would like to hear me in conversation more often, please just let me know, and I'll get some more conversations arranged. So until we speak again on Tuesday, take it easy and stay classy. Cheerio for now.